You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Merry Christmas! What is this? Welcome to Neverland. Ho, 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 ho! Come in and know me better, man! Ho, ho! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Merry, Merry Christmas! Hello, Neverlanders. I am the Force, and the Force is with me. No, actually, no, I'm Jeremy the Spider Pan. I, but you knew that already. Take your pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, and let's fly to Neverland. But we're not coming alone. Hey there, last boy, Eric. Hey, I'm coming here from... Well, I don't know where I'm coming from, but I'm here. Okay. <laughs> some would say you're probably coming in from Arizona, where it's 75 degrees and you're not in the ice and snow like the rest of us. Well, it's either that or the uh, beaches on Jeddah. <laughs> Were there beaches actually on that planet? Yeah. Not that I'm aware of, but uh, you know, I got some motion property here you know. in Arizona, so... Yeah, planets in Star Wars tend to all be one climate for some reason, you know. <laughs> Don't know why. Oh, but so that's one of the big things this week is, of course, Rogue One. And we will be doing both a spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review. Oh, yes. Uh, also, because of some fun Star Wars, uh, they actually... Did you used to get, always get those records or tapes... Uh, Disney movies or or all types of movies, TV shows or whatever, and they would have the read-along stories. Oh, yes. In fact, one of my favorites that we wore out the record for, yeah, yeah, a record, uh, was one about uh, Luke and C-3PO and R2-D2 having to go to a planet with that was comprised entirely of robots, and they had to uh, talk to the cyborg who ran that planet. I think I've heard that one somewhere. Yeah. And we completely wore out that record. Oh, wow. Well, uh, recently, I was at a Hastings in Warrensburg. I was coming home Ooh. from uh, my classes and saw that they were closing. So I thought, well, let me go and see what I can find. And it turns out that Disney, now owning, of course, the Lucasfilm franchise of Star Wars, started making new recordings really? on CD of some of the books. And I happened to find a copy of Return of the Jedi. Oh, So excellent. we'll be listening to that as for our story time. We, of course, we're going to have some time in the trailer park but we're not going to discuss anything that's new. But there's a good reason for me to have this trailer. Uh, after that, you were in Disneyland last weekend and got a pretty cool recording of the Fantasyland or Disney Fantasy Parade. It's a Christmas fantasy. Yes, indeed. Uh, and it's I guess it's the same parade they've done every Christmas, so it's not anything different? Uh, yeah, nothing really different uh, over the past several years music-wise. Uh, of course, they change a few of the characters on the floats, uh, but it, it's it's very similar to what they've done the past several years. Mm -hmm, which means there will be some familiar music, which I will talk about in the trailer park. <laughs> uh, but first things first, we have some fun news to dive into. the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alright, well first things first, 
there's going to be new Star Wars guided tours at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is starting very soon, January the 2nd. So uh, if I were you, I would book this as quick as you can because it's going to fill up if it hasn't already. Uh, but So this is... Perfect for the ultimate Star Wars fan. Uh, you're you're going to go through. Uh, it's a seven hour tour. You're gonna have an all in the know Star Wars guide that's gonna include reserve viewing for Star Wars: A Galaxy Far, Far Away, a journey a journey on Star Tours: The Adventures Continue. Oh, oh and by the way, some new Episode Eight content we've talked about before is coming. Uh, an opportunity to participate in the Jedi training trials of the Temple uh, for guests ages four through twelve. Uh, no adults, unfortunately. Well, uh, a guide. Well, yeah, I know it happened once. <laughs> it happened once because the guy uh, was a our, you know blind guy. I yep, can't remember our, his name. He just got friend, married, though. Yep, our good friend Matt Cox from the Brunching with the Brits podcast and a member of the Friends of the Magic family. Yep, and I wasn't there to see it. <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> oh, that's right. You weren't there that well, year either. I, well, oh. I was there, but uh, I had to catch a, a flight. Later. Completely missed that. Oh. But, uh, well, goodness. You're also going to get a guided exploration and character greeting at the Star Wars Launch Bay, dinner at a quick service restaurant featuring Star Wars-themed items, the Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular Dessert Party, and firework viewing, and more. But uh, here's the rough part of this. Are you ready for this one? Ugh. The tour costs $129 per person. Tax and gratuity, though, are included. Well, that's nice of them. So it does help. <laughs> Uh, tours are going to be offered Mondays and Saturdays. And, of course, if you would like to reserve your spot, here's the number. Get your pen and pencils ready. 407-WDW-PLAY. You can also find all this information on the Disney Parks blog. So just go and search that here. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find the article for at least a week somewhere near the front. Now, I Very, very cool. Oh, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they offered something similar at Disneyland. Because they've got uh, pretty much most of these same uh, attractions, uh, with the exception of the dessert and the fireworks, which are especially right. themed to Star Wars. Uh, but I certainly would not be surprised if anything like this showed up at Disneyland as well. Well, perhaps there could be something over, uh, you know, at the uh, Disney California Adventure. You know, you do have a pretty good show over there featuring a lot of water that I'm sure you could project a lot of great Star Wars stuff on there. Mm. Not that it hasn't done before. Mm-hmm. Would be nice. Normally. Would be nice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's definitely some potential they could do this at Disneyland, but I haven't seen any announcement for it yet. So be on the lookout. They'll probably do it. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> Just not yet. Well, uh, the next thing, uh, all I got to say about this is woohoo. Was that a good one? I, I, I thought it was a great segue. <laughs> I did. Well, well, it, you know, be a, be what it may, but, you know, there are tales of daring do. Good and bad tales. Mm-hmm. And not ponytails or cottontails. No, duck no. tails. There's something else. <laughs> right. And I remember how I actually saw the news this morning when I first, you know, I just was popping on Facebook. And I already saw people complaining that they weren't happy with this list. But a cast list has been released for the new DuckTales series, as well as a video with members of the cast singing the classic theme song. For your consideration, the theme to DuckTales. Is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. Might solve a mystery 
or rewrite history. DuckTales, woo! Every day they're out there making DuckTales, woo! Tales of daring, do bad, and good luck tales. Danger, watch behind you. There's a stranger out to find you. Woo. What to do? Just grab onto some ducktails. Woo! Every day we're out there making ducktails. Woo! Tales of daring, do bad, and good luck tales. Woo! And not pony tales or cotton tales. No ducktails. Woo! All right, so the the most prominent thing I think that jumped out. Now I did see. Did you happen to see the uh, Duck the Halls Christmas special? I'm afraid I didn't. I haven't had the opportunity yet. Oh, I, I do believe you can. F- well, I, maybe it's just a trailer that I saw on YouTube, but I did get it on my DVR and I've watched it. It was adorably fun. I really liked it. But there was a voice for Scrooge McDuck in there, but it hmm. it was not Scrooge from Ducktales. It was somebody who actually was doing a pretty good Alan Young impersonation. A little bit more of that forceful Scottish kind of thing that you would expect. You know, if it's not Scottish, it's crap. That kind of thing. But uh, <laughs> David Tennant of Doctor Who fame, some people's favorite doctor of the the newer series. You know, he is the 10th doctor. And a Scotsman, a legitimate Scotsman to play Scrooge McDuck. So does this make him a doctor? Da-da-boom. I suppose <laughs> so. So that... That is exciting, and that's the one cast member that I'm most familiar with, having you know being a Doctor Who fan. Uh, so that mm-hmm. I thought was great. So he gets to just use his full rather Scottish accent, and I, I don't know if he's going to do anything with his voice to kind of maybe sound a little older. But uh, you know, I, I'm thinking that's pretty good. Uh, I have been seeing also on IMDb another name I'm familiar with, Tony Anselmo, is listed. In, it says on IMDb, Donald Duck, 2017, unknown episodes. Now, uh, they've had another little trailer running where it shows coins falling on the DuckTales logo, and mm-hmm. it ends with uh, Donald's Woo-hoo. click. Wah. Uh, that, that's how it's written is wah. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> but uh, it, it's as, yeah, exactly. It's as quack. <laughs> so, yeah, we are expecting some Donald. That's actually one of the things I remember mm-hmm. when DuckTales first came on is because like, I, I love Donald Duck. And I was really hoping Donald Duck would have more you know, place within the series, but they just referred to him as being off in the Navy. And I, there's a few episodes where mm-hmm. Donald Duck's on there, but not enough for my tastes. But uh, that one image that they've released of the look of everything, it does show Donald with them. So I am hoping that he will be a bit more prominent. And I, I'm certain that he will. A specific reason why they chose not to uh, involved with the uh, original. Unfortunately, the re- that reason escapes me for right now. But I, I think they're definitely planning on having him be a much bigger, at least pro- uh, based on promotional uh, material that they've already produced, such as the there's a picture of the entire crew in a Jeep uh, being driven by Uncle Scrooge. And Donald, I believe, is in that picture. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's actually the picture I was referring to. You nailed it. <laughs> that's why I was like, look, it's Donald. Uh, now, uh, Webby is holding a gun in that picture, though. A grappling gun, yes. Yeah, it must be a grappling gun, because that would make sense for them. But yeah, because Webby is like the little baby girl, you know. So uh, we should probably mention who the cast is here. Uh, uh, But we've got Beck Bennett playing Launchpad McQuack. Now, I'm only familiar with him from being in these commercials with the kids. Mm -hmm. I think they're AT&T commercials. And he was sitting there, you know, discussing things with these kids. And that's all I know him from. Yeah, I haven't watched Saturday Night Live since uh, probably when Dana Carvey was on there, I think. <laughs> well, isn't that special? Uh, I haven't found really anybody funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> I haven't found anybody funny off of there. I'm sorry, Will Ferrell. Uh, not funny. I have not liked any of his movies. Well, okay, he was in Zoolander, and I like that one, but that had nothing to do with the fact that Will Ferrell was in it. Uh, the original Zoolander was funny because of you know you had uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ben um, and uh, Owen Wilson. Uh, I can't think of Ben's name, but Ben Stiller, yes, the two of them together are pretty funny, and I so I did enjoy that. But I'm not a Will Ferrell fan, and I'm probably gonna get my hate mail. I don't like the movie Elf. Send the hate. Send the hate. Okay, it's on its way. I didn't like that movie at all. <laughs> Maybe I should try to watch it again, but I found him to be incredibly annoying in that film. Uh, so, well, as far as we as far as we know, though, Will Ferrell isn't going to be in Doctor. Thank Bill, goodness. So I think... But yeah, you know, I went way <laughs> off on a tangent of Saturday Night Live and how it's not funny anymore. But okay. But there is another Saturday Night Live alum that's in this Ducktales series, and that's going to be Bobby Moynihan. And I am not familiar with him at all. You mean you don't remember um, Bobby from from the uh, from Inside Out? Bobby, um... the, one of the mind workers. Oh, okay. That's been a while since I've seen Inside Out. I don't think I've watched it since I, after I bought it. I watched it, I think, in or did I? Mm-hmm. Last time I see it was maybe in a theater? Because I saw it in the theater twice. Could be, but... I'm trying to think if I've watched it since I bought it. I probably did, yeah, I think. But he's, he, yeah, he's also been on uh, Saturday Night Live for quite some time. And he's playing one of the three nephews. I forgot which one. The video, I think, said so. Which one he was. Exactly. Well, you know, in the video has these three actors playing each of the... Huey, Dewey, and Louie in that duck's respective colors. <laughs> They're each wearing a green or a red or a blue shirt. That is true. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that. But yeah, unfortunately, when the audio we just played for y'all, uh, um, <laughs> you couldn't see them. <laughs> but the video is available on YouTube. <laughs> so go and watch. Another one of the ducks is going to be uh, portrayed by Danny Pudi, uh, who's best known as Abed from Community. Which I unfortunately have not seen. I, I need to sit and watch that one. That and Parks and Def- Rec. Too, they're on my list of things I plan to watch. But I just <laughs> haven't done it yet. Well, Dan- Danny Pudi is uh, really one of the most interesting characters there on uh, on Community. He also had a, a small role in uh, uh, Age of Ultron. No, not uh, no, Age Captain of America, the Winter Soldiers. Winter Contact Soldier, number yes. one. <laughs> yes. Um, also rounding out the Huey, Dewey, and Louie trio is Ben Schwartz, who uh, actually you just referenced um, Parks and Rec. He was Jean Ralphio in Parks and Rec, a very kind of out there character. Uh, ben Schwartz actually does have another Disney connection, though. He worked with Bill Hader to develop and create the voice of a certain little droid uh, called BB-8. Ta-da! <laughs> that was a terrible BB-8, and I apologize. <laughs> Here comes more hate mail. Yeah. Okay. Don't know if he had anything to do with a uh, you know the the thumbs up lighter, but uh, no, uh, those two were uh, basically came up with the voice of BB-8. <laughs> now, of course, the three nephews are not the only child characters in Ducktales. We've also got Webby Vanderquack. Kate Micucci, which those of you who watch The Big Bang Theory, you're probably going to recognize her. Uh, she was, I guess it's been a couple of seasons ago. Uh, she was in a few episodes as uh, someone who w- went out with Raj that was more neurotic than he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, she's been seen uh, on several different television shows, Raising Hope, uh, Scrubs for a while as well. Um, and she was part of a comedy group, uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Which I never watched. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Hopefully, with that kind of background, uh, she'll be coming in and uh, providing some pieces as well. 
All right, and yet another casting in a Disney film that, yeah, their comedy that they do outside of this, you're probably not going to want to let your kids see. Sort of like Sarah Silverman being in Wreck-It Ralph. Don't let them view anything else with Silver- Sarah Silverman at all. And uh, I, from what I know of the Garfunkel and Oates, it's the same thing. <laughs> Don't let your kids watch it. Just because they might like Webby doesn't mean they need to know what the other <laughs> what the actress does on her other stuff. So, just my little advice. <laughs> Talks all a good. Can you say that name? I'm afraid I'm not even going going to attempt it. I'm gonna try it one more time. Talks, Ola Gundoy, and I'm probably getting her name wrong. She's she's Nigerian, playing Mrs. Beakley. That's going to be a really interesting change to what we are used to. Well, but you know, uh, she can have a little bit of an English accent. Uh, I believe she's actually um, got. Let me look at her parentage again because it was mentioning her parentage. So uh, she, I, I'm sure she can bring up a, a bit of an English accent. Uh, but she, uh, yeah, a Norwegian mother and a Nigerian father, and is a native of Lagos, Nigeria. Educated in Nigeria, Switzerland, and England for elementary, middle school, and high school. Received a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Theater from Smith College. So she's got an English accent that she can go for, and I'm sure that's what she'll be using for Mrs. Beakley. Well, I, th- I think we're used to Mrs. Beakley being a very grandmotherly type of character, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to uh, this interpretation. Well, she's got some serious uh, voice acting cred, including working mm-hmm. on Steven Universe for fans of that show. I have actually never watched that, but I saw plenty of kids dressed as Steven Universe this last Halloween. So, But she's got a lot of the cartoon credits. Uh, also, uh, she's done some stuff on Castle played Haley Shipton, which I've seen a, a little bit of I don't think I've seen mm-hmm. an entire episode of Castle, but what I have seen of it is just pretty awesome. So uh, that's on my list of movie or of mm-hmm. deal, television series that when I get the time on Netflix, I will sit and watch it, but I ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, but, you know, what's interesting is that we still don't, you know, there's still some characters from our era's DuckTales that uh, we don't quite know about yet. We don't know who's going to be voicing the Beagle Boys, we know that they're coming back. Yeah, Magicka Dispel, um, I'm sure we'll be back, and Glomgold. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm sure we're going to be seeing Gyro Gearloose. Mm-hmm. And what I wouldn't give for a cameo by uh, Gizmo Duck. Cameo? I want him as a regular. <laughs> <laughs> blather and blather guy. Exactly. One of my favorite <laughs> characters. What do you think, though? Should they bring back Bubba the Caveman? Or cave duck. Uh, I think I think Bubba can can stay in his prehistoric times. <laughs> yeah, he's. I I didn't realize audiences were split so fifty fifty until I was. I've been learning about that. And it was like, wow, people were split on Bubba. He was fun, but he's also, you know, yeah. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I, 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 I can I can take him or leave him. You know, there's times that I enjoyed Bubba, but, you know, he wasn't always that fun. Sometimes he could be a little annoying, mm-hmm. sort of like Jar Jar. He was funny the first time you saw the Phantom Menace, but the second time you're like, wow, he kind of gets old really fast. <laughs> well, you know, and, and we're also missing another important character here, Duckworth. Yes. You know, you can't have, a, you know, this this Uncle Scrooge millionaire without his ever faithful butler. You know what? And Chauffeur. I don't know why it had jumped into my head, but Bill Farmer, for some reason, I think would be a fun duck work. Ah, could be interesting. He's so versatile, and he's really fun as Doc. And it would be a slightly different, but I'd love to hear Bill Farmer's take on being a slightly snooty butler. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it jumped into my head, but it did. And now I can't get rid of it. Now I'm picturing it. <laughs> well, I guess I'm hearing it, but... It'd be it'd be it'd be a very different take. Although he would actually be fun for uh, like Gizmo Duck. I'd love to hear Bill Farmer be Gizmo Duck because he would be fun at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
All right, so I'm just putting putting my foot down into it right now. Get Bill Farmer in on DuckTales, just because. There you go. <laughs> Give Goofy a cameo. Why not? You know, I because in my head, uh, and maybe this was inspired by on Cartoon Network, they did that, the Looney Tunes show where they had now a town where all the Looney Tunes characters all lived. Mm-hmm. I thought, how cool would it be if you had a show just called Duckburg? And you had all the Disney characters living in Duckburg. And maybe St. Canard could be a neighboring town where Darkwing Duck would be, of course, protecting it. And mm-hmm. could maybe cross over into Duckburg every once in a while. But I thought, how cool if you had a series where, you know, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, all of your Fab Five, you know, are all there. But then you throw in Scrooge McDuck, the nephews, the Beagle Boys, and all the characters, you know, from DuckTales. And any other, you know, cartoon where it had a character that would fit into this universe. Well, but then it would tur- slowly and uh, inevitably turn into the Darkwing Duck show again, which is really what we all want. <laughs> but how fun would that be <laughs> if, we, if you have a Darkwing Duck be. and then you have, you know, he's got to go rescue Goofy from some sort of mess that Goofy gets himself into. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I would love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely fun. Oh, yes. My Disney geek would be going, ha, ha. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all the news that is the news that is the news and was the news. And that's the news because of the way we see it. Was that a good sentence? No more news. None that I know of. Was there something else that uh, you saw happen this week? You know, if if you want to mention, um, you know, Darkwing Duck, I, I do want to bring up that oh, yes. uh, the the graphic novel, the the trade paperback, really of the last several issues that have been put out by Joe's Comics of Darkwing Duck are available for sale. And uh, really, this is uh, kind of a last opportunity to save Darkwing Duck in comic book form. So I uh, just want to get the message out. You know, if we want to see more Darkwing Duck, this is a great way to support it. Yeah. And I think part of the problem is uh, I can't seem to find any comic shops carrying it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm finding as well. Yeah. Because I, I would love to be reading it, but I think I managed to find one issue. Mm-hmm. And I, I I can't, you know, they. I guess you have to go in. Well, a lot of things, and sometimes they have not had to do this with the uh, uh, Disney destinations. I don't think I'm saying that right. But, you know, the newer Disney comics, I sometimes mm-hmm. had to go and place an order that I wanted to get them in some shops because they weren't planning to order it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Magic Kingdom books. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, some of the, they were like all four, but some stuff they didn't know, like Figment 2, they, uh, a vintage stock that I got for my Figment 2s from, they were not interested in really in at all, and they only got it mm-hmm. for my sake. Uh, but because uh, the, the manager there knew that I was wanting the Figment 2, they they were getting a bunch of posters in to put on their wall, and they had a Figment Two poster that uh, she asked me if I wanted because I said, "Well, I'm not putting it on my wall. I don't, I don't really. I'm not worried about this one." I was like, "I will gladly take that off your hands, ma'am." So I have a nice big Figment Two poster on my wall. Oh, excellent. I you know love it. it. I, I know this option is not uh, probably the best for most people, but uh, the Disney parks are carrying the books. Uh, they have all of the trade paperbacks uh, for the Magic Kingdom series available at various locations in the parks. Um, unfortunately, I haven't seen too many current issues. Now, whether that means that they are selling out or that they just don't have them available in stock, that I can't answer. Uh, but they had plenty of copies of the Star Wars comics that Marvel is putting out available. They had several copies of uh, the Figment series and the... Uh, previous Haunted Mansion series available, but I couldn't find anything from the current Enchanted Tiki Room series. Yeah, I haven't gotten to see anything of the Enchanted Tiki Room series at this point. And that's kind of an interesting concept that they've got there. It's more of a uh, Fantasy Island concept that they're going with. Except there's no tattoo out there yelling and letting us know that the plane has arrived. 
hopefully though you get all the uh, the major characters you expect in the tiki room uh you know all the um oh yeah all four birds yeah are involved uh Jose, Fritz and Jose, Fritz, yeah michael and uh oh no i always forget their names last name whatever happened to rosita it's all sing like the birdies sing. Uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been missing out on that one. I didn't get all of the uh, Big Thunder Mountain comics either, unfortunately. Money is tight mm. sometimes. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, I did get all the Haunted Mansion ones. We never got to talk about those, but oh, that was so good. Hey, Halloween's going to be back here soon enough. Yeah, I'm like hey, you remember those Haunted Mansion comic books? <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I can see this is coming. Uh, but to, to move things along, uh, I think we better to pay a visit to the trailer park. All right. What the dickens have they done to Scrooge? I hate people. And I don't care if they hate me. Ebenezer Scrooge has been keeping Christmas his own special way ever since Charles Dickens created him 127 years ago in A Christmas Carol. Now Cinema Center Films has taken this beloved story of the meanest man in the world and made it into a new musical delight called Scrooge. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. I make an awful Dutch, but my delight is such. I feel as if I lose him, wars me one for me. And if I had a cannon, I would fire it to add a sort of celebration touch. Albert Finney makes magic happen, playing Scrooge as both an old miser and a young charmer. Happiness is standing beside me. I can see him. He can see me. Alec Guinness brings to life the role of the late Jacob Marley. You don't believe in me, do you? No, I don't. Why do you doubt the evidence of your own eyes? You're an hallucination. Probably brought on by uh, an undigested bit of beef. Or a blubber mustard. Or a crumb of cheese. Or an old potato. Edith Evans plays the ghost of Christmas past. And Kenneth Moore is the ghost of Christmas present. Nineteenth-century London comes vividly alive in a blaze of song and dance. Correct. Ask anyone called Robinson or Brown or Jones or Smith their favorite day, and they will say. Correct. And what version of a Christmas Carol would be complete without Bob Cratchit and Diny Tim? The world is pretty as a dream. Christmas trees and toys. Christmas hope. Christmas puddings rich with Christmas cream. What the dickens have they done to Scrooge? They've made a musical for the pure joy of it.
All right. So have you ever seen this movie, Eric? What the dickens have they done to Scrooge? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I actually heard about this movie. Oh, my goodness. It was probably in the 90s. Uh, my best buddy, Philip, uh, which, you know, Lost Boy Phil, whenever he's managed to be on here, he was a huge fan of this movie and had a, a recording of a videotape and had a copy of the soundtrack and told me, oh, my goodness, you got to see this movie. And one time when we were really young and he was staying the night and everything, it was near Christmas time and uh, we stayed up late and watched it. And uh, I, since then, I've got a Blu-ray copy of it, and I watch it every year. Uh, this features Albert Finney as Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Albert Finney, for anyone who doesn't know offhand, uh, he was the original Daddy Warbucks on the movie version of Annie. Uh, has a long acting career since then. He was a young man when they filmed a Scrooge, and they did makeup to make him seem older. And it looks so natural. He does look like an older man as Scrooge. But because he was actually young enough when they went into the past, he was able to still play a younger Scrooge. Uh, but the biggest thing of why I can talk about this here is Alec Guinness. Obi-Wan not, Kenobi himself is Jacob Marley. and he's Not the so last good. time he would play a ghost. <laughs> true. Very True. <laughs> Uh, and he's he's gonna have his little song in there, but another thing I want to tie in there is the theme song to Scrooge is this "Sing a Christmas Carol." And when you listen to the Fantasy Parade, you might recognize that song. It plays during the Christmas Fantasy Parade. Okay, excellent. Now another reason I'm bringing this up is okay. You do realize that Sunday, when I usually you know over the weekend when I put these shows together for release, it's gonna be Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I want to, I'm going to get my show done early and all I'm really going to do is this is going to be a fun thing. Here's your sneak preview. I've noticed when listening to the Muppet Christmas Carol soundtrack, which I am doing because it's Christmas, although I have not watched the movie this year, I need to pull that up and watch that this year too. But I was listening to that soundtrack and really I found a lot of comparison between what they did to turn the the story into a musical and what was already done in the movie musical Scrooge. In fact, Heather, uh, when we were watching Scrooge just earlier today, noticed there were some similar to what she's seen in Mickey's Christmas Carol. So what I've decided to do for Christmas is we're just going to have a music show and I'm going to play something from Scrooge and something that matches it from a Muppet's Christmas Carol. So it's going to be an all-musical episode. I think you're really going to like it. And if you've never seen the movie Scrooge, uh, it might be difficult to track down, but I did see where some people have put the entire movie up on YouTube. Uh, so go and watch it. It is a wonderful musical. Musical. In fact, you're probably going to recognize some of the songs. In fact, in that trailer, you probably recognize the song that has been used in commercials. Thank you very very much thank you very much but that's i reckon that's been in tv commercials so it's actually had this great influence underground but for some reason you know it's almost been lost and nobody's heard of it uh, but so that was the trailer and i might even just for fun when we don't have any new movies that we want to talk about uh, is there any trailers you would like me to track down for any of your old favorite disney movies that you'd like to have us talk about that trailer then send us an email, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com, and tell us what trailer that would be, because I think that would actually be fun to go back and watch some old trailers. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because it's really weird to see how different trailers were, like when you watch the old trailer for, for Star Wars, even, and it's very, very different from what you'd expect it <laughs> for what the movie turned out to be. Yeah, it does not give you the impression of what it ends up being. Mm-hmm. And based on that trailer, I don't know that I would have seen the movie in theaters. <laughs> But, you know, luckily I was born the day after it's released, and so I already, everybody was already had told me by the time I was old enough to be able to watch it, you know, and understand what was going on, I had already been told, this is an amazing movie, you're going to love this. And then three-year-old me said, yay, it's on HBO, I will watch it. So... 
But speaking of Star Wars, uh, I, I, there's this little low-budget movie. Yeah, I heard something came out uh, related to it, right? Yeah, related, but not quite part of the saga. Hmm, like a story associated with it. Mm-hmm. A Star Wars story. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh, oh, get him, Mama. Oh, get that gator. Oh, ah. The Neverland Trailer Park. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Let's just get this over with, shall we? We have a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help. Good. Good. I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. We destroyed our home. I fight the Empire now. I fear nothing. All is as the Force wills it. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. There isn't much time. Every day they grow stronger. There is a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. This is our chance to make a real difference. Are you with me? Okay, this will be our spoiler-free review, so we will be very, very delicate at this point. Uh, and we can talk, I think, about some of the cast, uh, which was a very... I, a lot of these people, I was I don't think I was really familiar with. Some of them kind of looked familiar. I mean, of course, we know Mads Mikkelsen playing, playing Galen Erso. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, you know, kind I of we were just talking guy. about him <laughs> before. Yes, I think this may be the first time I've seen him play a good guy. <laughs> Although he gets into a bad situation, which you can kind of see in the trailer that he has something to do with the development of the Death Star. And that's as much as we will say here. Uh, and also, okay, Felicity Jones as Jin Erso. Uh, she was great as, as being able to carry the movie. But uh, this is almost more of an ensemble film. Oh, definitely. Uh, all of these characters, I think, had some good equal footing and were all greatly entertaining. And I really, you know, Alan Tudyk, how do you not love him? I, Even as a droid. <laughs> I, I think he's just living at the Disney studio now. Must be. <laughs> he was amazing. It's K2SO, the uh, Imperial droid that has been reprogrammed and provides the comic relief this entire time. <gasps> Oh, he was such a fun character. I really loved him. You know, and I've heard so many people saying that uh, Tuso is now their favorite droid. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I still love R2. R2 is still probably my favorite. Oh, definitely. 
I loved him since I was a kid. I couldn't help it. Uh, you also have uh, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor. Oh, yeah. Uh, really very interesting character. I, I wasn't sure what to think of him a few times. He was a little Han Solo-ish and everything, but uh, this it shows another side. This movie is really about the rebellion in a lot of ways and has some themes of, you know, there we... I'm just, I'm just going to quote the opening crawl, and it shouldn't spoil anything. But it does mention rebel spies that has to go in uh, and uh, you know and get these plans. And if you think of a spy movie like James Bond, he's not just a spy, but he's actually, especially in the books, he's an assassin. Right. So when they tell him this person needs to die, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. All in the cause for the rebellion. So he'll kill whoever he has to to keep the rebellion alive. Mm-hmm. And I think I can dive into that very carefully and not spoil anything so but he's an interesting character because you never i didn't know how i felt about him at first how about you oh you know what i my very first inklings or my very first impression of him was isn't that biggs but certainly he he is no bigs dark lighter he uh definitely treads on the dark side of things which is very surprising and again i'm not going to get too detailed at this point but uh, a very interesting take on that character yeah, and a very interesting story arc for him as well. Right. And then you have my favorite character, Chirrut Imwe, played by Donnie Yen. I From the moment I saw this guy in a teaser, and he was there, and you could see his eyes were all blanked out. You could tell he was blind. And he's fighting stormtroopers with a staff and talking about all is as the Force wills it. I was like, you know what? There's something about this character I really like, and I was not disappointed. I loved this character. I am one with the Force. The Force is with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I want a shirt that says that. Oh, man. Oh, and it was great. And you, you would have thought that it would have gotten a, a bit annoying. He, that's kind of his mantra, and he does repeat it a lot. It's almost... it's You'll hear that more than you're going to hear with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it worked for the character, and it, and it became a really good theme, actually, between him and Bay's Malbus, played by Wen Zhang, which I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be just best friends or brothers. Although, all we know is that they did at least work together, and I don't want to say what they did, because that gives away something. Mm-hmm. But it was very cool. But I, I, I don't, did you catch anything? Maybe I missed it. said that they were like brothers, because they, they seemed like brothers to me. Yes, they had a very uh, deep connection. Um... I know that the uh, uh, director has said that there's maybe more to that uh, relationship than they're making it out to be, but uh, certainly the two of them do have a deep connection, one with another. Yeah, and they did remind me of of like a a brothers kind of thing because you had that, oh yes, I'm... You know, I'm slightly annoyed with the things you do, but I'm always going to be there to bail you out. Mm -hmm. Oh, very (laughs) much so. There was a family thing going on between the two characters, and I did enjoy that. They were fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Ben Mendelsohn played Orson Krennic. Or I I don't know if I ever heard him call him Orson. He was director Krennic. Right. Anytime you saw him. Uh, And a great performance. You really felt the tension of this character where he's... uh, And I'm going to be careful about this. But you know he's... you You see him as being someone who is in charge of the Death Star. He seems to be his project. Uh, and he really wants to make an impression with the Death Star. That's one of his things. And you also, from you know the little bits in the trailer you see, him getting to interact with Darth Vader, you can feel his fear of wanting to please Darth Vader and not be killed for his failure mm-hmm. to Darth Vader. 
So you, you, you understand what it would be like to be an officer in the Empire and have that threat of Vader watching closely your work, and if you fail, he will not tolerate it. Certainly. And a huge thank you to uh, Gareth Edwards uh, and, uh, and basically everybody who made this for making us remember why Darth Vader scared us when we were children. Oh, yes. But I can't see why. <laughs> because, oh my gosh, that was scary. <laughs> uh, okay, but still going through the cast, Forrest Whitaker, Saw Gerrera. Yeah. Which I'm thankful I got a chance to see in the Clone Wars to finally know who this character was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. A very interesting backstory uh, to that character. Uh, interesting the way that they present his character uh, and the type of person that he is in Rogue One. And I guess we're even going to get to see a little bit of uh, that character uh, coming up in some future episodes of Rebels. Very cool. Yeah, and he, uh, and, you know, of course, as Forrest Whitaker, how you're not going to have, like, a really cool character out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, he was very interesting because, yeah, he, uh, you knew you wanted to like him, but, uh, boy, he's a, he's a rough character. And he, he does things the way he thinks they should be done, which you might not always necessarily agree with his actions, but he gets the job done. Right. <laughs> In his own way. Uh, and then we had Riz Ahmed as Bodhi Rook, mm-hmm. and I'll let you tell about that character, too. You know, uh, Bodhi is kind of a interesting uh, character in this entire mix. Really, much of the story centers around his actions and what he does. Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting to see his character because he he's not a coward, but he's afraid to fight. He's afraid of what his actions are going to do and result in happening. Yeah, yeah, because well, he's he's mainly dealing with cargo most of the time. Uh, that's what that's what he's used to, and now he's in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's doing what he feels is right. Right, and he will risk everything. And uh, I I don't want to say too much, but he really has to earn the trust of his compatriots mm-hmm. a lot. I guess, you know, he's he's got a history. Yep. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think that's all we can yeah, say. Yeah, I'm just buttoning my lip. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, we don't want to say any more. Uh, yeah. then, uh, I don't know if I we really want to talk about any more of the cast before we get into spoiler territory here. Yeah, other than uh, I love to the, get to see Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and that character I, or that actress actually portrayed Mon Mothma uh, for um, for Revenge of the Sith, but her scenes ended up being deleted. Yeah, but it's nice to see her again. And I did recognize um, uh, it was a different actor, but uh, it's the you know the general there uh, from uh, Episode Four: New Hope, you know the original Star Wars, where he's the one who's explaining, telling the pilots, you know they're going to maneuver straight down this trench. Oh yeah, and, General Dodona. Ah yes, I recognized that that was that character. They dressed in the same, he had the same kind of hair, but you could tell it was somebody different. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very cool, and I don't know who they cast at him, um, uh, but there are some characters that you wouldn't be familiar with, some characters you would be familiar with, and uh, I think we'll save that for. Uh, the spoiler version, which we're going to get into spoilers now. Can I say spoilers one more time before you go any further? Why don't you say spoilers? I, spoilers? Yes. Uh, now, at this point, if you have not seen the film, but I'm figuring most of you probably did see it before Monday, 
because you unless you had some inclement weather that probably got in the way. Uh, skip ahead to you if, if you kind of just listen, you'll hear. Uh, we'll go into the Neverland story time next, and you're perfectly safe to hear that because it's Return of the Jedi, and I'm pretty sure you've seen that before. Uh, but here we go. Spoiler version. Spoilers. We get spoilers. We get spoilers. 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 We get spoilers. From here on out, it's your fault if you listen. Spoilers. Exactly. <laughs> All Bail right. Organa. Bail Organa. Jimmy Smith was in there, and it was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, I, I knew that uh, Bail Organa was going to show up uh, before I saw the movie. It's just great to see him as a leader there with the Rebellion. Uh, we understand mm-hmm. why he's not with the Rebellion when Alderaan is attacked, but we also learn just how important it is that uh, once they can get these this copy of the Death Star plans, that he makes sure that he has somebody that he can trust with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he's got a Jedi friend that they can probably contact. Yes, uh, somebody <laughs> oh, who I hasn't gone that. by that by a name for a long time. A long right. time. <laughs> you know, I, I did notice oh, that one of yes. the planets that they visited was an anagram of Obi Wan. Oh yeah, on Jeddah, it looked like they had a. Well, no, I don't know about anagram, but it almost the statue kind of thing that looked like toppled over on Jeddah kind of reminded me of Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that certainly wouldn't be a tribute, more, more, you know, just a general Jedi thing. No, one of the planets was mm-hmm. like a Wanobi, or something, something along those lines. Anyhow, maybe you know, mm-hmm. let, let, let's talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, it starts yeah. out uh, with uh, Jin or so and her father Galen and her mother uh, Lyra, uh, as they are on this moisture farm on a, a planet that looked like it was made of, you know. Uh, lava rock, you know, certainly not Mustafar, which I think we can reference in a little bit, but yeah, because uh, I think I'm pretty sure we saw it. <laughs> but we learned that uh, Galen Urso at one point had been uh, employed by either the Old Republic or the very beginning of the Empire uh, with energy systems, and Orson Krennic has come to force Galen to work on this new project. Uh, unfortunately, it results in the death of uh, Jin's mother, and Jin is able to escape from Director Krennic and his uh, Death Troopers, uh, and is saved by Sagarera. Exactly. Uh, we then, which was great. Exactly, it establishes that relationship of that character. It jumps ahead and really begins a hero's journey too, because she's become the uh, the orphan hero character. Uh, a, a archetype, and I really felt she did definitely have a a very typical type of hero's journey because we see uh, she's got some heroic tendencies. I mean, she she puts herself at risk to save a little girl early on, mm-hmm. uh, and she does go through a period of you know, not really wanting a part of this war and really having her own motives for being along. But we see that change as she steps up to you know really become a rebel. Exactly. But did you notice she never actually used that phrase from the trailer, I rebel? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the trailers that didn't make it, like her going up against a TIE fighter on on that catwalk. And running against uh, the Imperial forces on the beaches of Scarif. Scarif. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that kind of got cut, but we heard there were some reshoots, and that's kind of how Michael Giacchino came along, Mm -hmm. uh, which I love the way Michael Giacchino in the score would reference John Williams, but he would did his slightly different take on some classic John Williams, kind of like on on, uh, The Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. 
you'd you'd start to recognize the tune, but they do it just a little different. Exactly, and you know, one of the things that I loved, and I I didn't hear it till the towards the end of the movie, but you do hear the Darth Vader theme, followed yes. immediately by that Imperial theme. So mm-hmm. and even so, yeah, you get some of those. Dun, 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 exactly. That you would get when you see the Death Star in the original film. Exactly. You get a little bit of that, <laughs> and oh my goodness, I, I, referencing some stuff from original movies. Exactly. Was, oh my. I goodness. think our friends Richard and Sarah Wolowski with uh, Skywalking Through Neverland are going to be very happy that the, that those particular tunes made their way in. Yeah. Oh, and I can't wait to hear David Collins on Star Wars Oxygen of Rebel Force Radio. What they're going to say about it oh, as well. Yeah. But, oh, uh, you know, um, good stuff. You know. We, but uh, Jimmy Smits as uh, Bail Organa wasn't the only surprise character to show up in the movie. Yeah, got, a lot of characters I did not exactly, expect. Exactly, we had uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 show up on Yavin 4. Yes, which was so cool, I loved it. It was, it was just great to see them because I didn't expect them because I, I wasn't really expecting any of the traditional Star Wars characters. Exactly. And to see them in there, oh, it just made me giggle. <laughs> you know, and I was—I think it. one of the biggest surprises for everybody is General Tarkin or Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin, Governor Tarkin, uh, which I—I I found an actor who I guess was kind of the stand-in mm-hmm. for him. Uh, let's see, what was that actor's name? Uh, here it is, Guy Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't know if he was also the one who kind of did an impersonation of the voice. But the the voice was nearly spot on. But this they did a computer generated version of Peter Cushing's face, uh, so, and you can tell it it doesn't look totally real. It almost looks I guess what they say a lot of times it's too perfect mm-hmm. to be human, but it looks good and it's really cool because and you're able to just go with it and say oh my goodness it's Grad Moff Tarkin and you get to see him take control of the Death Star. Oh yes. Um, and you you even get an explanation for why there's a trench with an exhaust port that will blow the entire station. You finally get a good reason exactly. for Exactly. You know, it's there because of Galen Urso. Yes. And you know now why they're able to get the plans and why the plans are so important because Galen has set a way to destroy the whole thing. Because he's being forced to work for the Empire, but he's trying to subvert and help the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. and. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. This makes everything... This is almost would set everything up perfectly for the uh, the next film. And even the ending. I mean, you could go home and after seeing Rogue One and go right into watching the original film, and it would be seamless. Exactly. I, I, I want <sighs> to discuss those last five minutes, but I, I think a few things we need to touch on first. Uh, we mentioned Mustafar. That is where Darth Vader's yes. castle is. Yes, and you knew Darth Vader had to have a home, and he didn't have. He probably wouldn't live in that black suit and anything all the time. And we see him almost in a, like a back to exactly. Tank. It is a back to tank. Uh, yeah, know, just you know, keeping himself alive. Imagine the kind of meditation that he is going through, uh, Mustafar, where Anakin Skywalker died, looking out yes. over that, knowing that Obi Wan is alive somewhere out there. Oh, contemplating wow, yeah. what his life is and what it means now. And yeah, and the only the only thing that I found odd about the new Darth Vader costume, and I did like his his eyes kind of the lenses were kind of yes. red because in the original film they almost seemed a little brown. Mm-hmm. 
but they had that red hint to it. But you know that chain that he's supposed to have that kind of holds the cape kind of behind him? I didn't see the chain, and it seemed like the neckline of the mask was coming over the shoulders a little bit. Well, and, and actually the they, they mentioned, uh, the filmmakers have mentioned that you know, between A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, Vader's costume was not consistent all the way those uh, through those three movies. So, you know, this ties into that where there's little alterations, little differences between his costume in each one of those appearances. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, but it's also good to know that, hey, he can uh, slip it off and uh, hang out in the back to tank for a while. Yeah, and then I guess put in a slightly different uniform. Exactly. Interchangeable. Because he's got to launder that thing. Because if you imagine, <laughs> if he was wearing the same thing all the time, he would stink to high Oh, what heaven. smells like bacon? Oh, I'm horrible. I know. <laughs> Ooh, there's something fried in here. Oh, and I loved his uh, comment uh, when Krennic was called to come before him because it's Darth Vader. Vader's got to choke. Vader's yes. got to choke. But his line there: "Be careful, uh, yeah, you so don't watch choke." Your ambition. No, yeah. Be yes. careful, you do not choke on your aspirations. Yes. wonderful oh, it was so double good. use of that word right there. You know, you'd have to think, you know what? Krennic was the only one who was there and present, and he's, well, Krennic dies by the end of Rogue One. You know, he could have mm-hmm. used that uh, there in that room on the Death Star with Admiral Mahdi. Mm. Anyhow. <laughs> But speaking of Darth Vader, and we talk about how they put the scary back in Darth Vader. Holy crap, as the Tantive, as the Rebels are taking the plants to the Tantive 4, or Tantive V, whatever you want to call it, they're running for it, and they're trying to hold off Vader as he tears down the the, the uh, a door by himself, and is just marching down this hallway, just slaughtering Rebel soldiers, and using the Force, and picking him up, and slamming around, and choking, and killing. Oh, it's scary as heck, and you're like, how will they ever stop Darth Vader? Oh, that's right, Luke Skywalker's well, coming and, eventually. And- <laughs> and this explains why the those rebel soldiers on board the Tantive Four at the beginning of A New Hope are so worried and so anxious and so nervous mm-hmm. once that the seal to that door starts being broken. Because it's like, oh, is this Vader again? Because if so, we're all dead. We don't stand exactly. a chance. Exactly. <laughs> and oh, and man. you know, just that sequence makes that entire uh, first act of A New Hope that much more rich. You know, yeah, because you, underst- you, you really get the anxiety. Oh, and you understand Vader's Fear. motivations. He, he's not just angry and upset. He is furious because these plans were right there within his grasp, and they just slipped through. Yes. <laughs> and he's just not able to conjure the stolen data exactly. tapes. Exactly. And I like that they're referred to as tapes. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely that's how like they are that. presented in uh, in the film. Data tapes. Yes. Oh, so got cool. Yeah, you put, she puts it right into a thing like an 8-track. Exactly. It was great. Exactly. You know, the, the look of this movie matches A New Hope so perfectly. You know, everything mm-hmm. from just the 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 characters, well, the, the costumes, the scenery, you know, down to the 70s style uh, hairdos and mustaches. And, yes. And everything. Oh, yes. It just seamlessly works its way in and, and connects. You know, other connections to the Star Wars universe. I know that I saw uh, the ghost from Rebels uh, in a couple of scenes. Chopper. I remember seeing that in the trailer, but I, I didn't spot Chopper him. Chopper is in there. I didn't spot yeah, Chopper either. There. Um, 
gonna have to watch again. They make a reference to General Sindula, which uh, I would not know uh, that. And, and she's one of the main characters on Rebels. They could be a reference to her father, but I think it's really uh, Hera that they're referring to. So there's 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 hmm. a lot of connections that they're you know spreading out there and putting in. And I really honestly would not be surprised if there was some connection between Rogue One and Episode Eight next year. That would be cool. But uh, we, we also have to make, make sure we throw in that Red Leader and Gold Leader, you're going to recognize them from the original oh, Star yes. Wars. They were there. Oh, yes. Voice every... Oh, my goodness. It was so cool. And we even find out why there was an opening for the position of Red 5. Sadly, Red 5 <laughs> did not survive the battle over Scarab. Yeah, he was standing by, but... Oh. I was almost kind of hoping to see Porkins. As was I. I mean, there, there were some of these... Um, pilots who we know went up against the Death Star. Uh, You had Biggs, Mm -hmm. who had defected, but you know what? He was on Tatooine, just right there from... Well, I I don't know if that's canon anymore or not, but you know, from the deleted Uh, It's in the George's original book, it's in the Star Wars dramas, you'll have Biggs... And they did film it, it was the deleted scenes exist. Uh, So, you know, I don't know. Might be canon. I do know that while Dennis Lawson was not involved, uh, Red Three Wedge was in the battle. In fact, they got uh, Dennis Lawson didn't do the voice work for Wedge in A New Hope. There was another actor who came in and dubbed over his lines. That actor came back Mm -hmm. and did lines for Red Three in Rogue One. Yep. And and hopefully some of you will remember that he was on the show earlier this year at a convention. I did meet the voice of Wedge Antilles and talk to him. Exactly. Uh, I can't remember what episode number it is, but go back and check it out. But, um, you know, it, it's just amazing that, you know, if we've got this movie, which, you know, really has its basis in the opening crawl for A New Hope and that they've been able to craft yeah. this creates so many connections. We, we've even got Ponda Baba and Dr. Evazon in here. Yes! He has the death warrant on, well, it could have been 13 systems now, but you know what? One of them just went to put. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> little call-out that had to happen, but it's great to see that. You know, here, I'll, hey, I'll you bet... just watch yourself. <laughs> you know, here, I'll bet these these two, they, they escape from Jeddah before it's destroyed. They... they go to Tatooine, another hive of scum and villainy. They figure, you know what? We just got out of Jetta just in time. Let's head on down to the canteen and grab a drink and maybe <laughs> exactly. rough up some kid in there. Because <laughs> they had to have been in a bad mood. They probably lost their homes on Jetta. Could have been. It Could have been. Taken out. Oh. Uh, but we're we're really got to wrap this oh, up definitely. because this is going to be a very long episode because we still got a parade to listen to and uh, you know we got some story time. So, uh, any final thoughts? You know, definitely. If you have not seen Rogue One, you've got to go see it, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. You know, don't be too concerned if you're not familiar with the Star Wars universe. Um, you, it has nothing to do with Luke Skywalker. It has nothing to do with the big overarching story that you know connects all of these films with Darth Vader being Luke's father and whatnot. It really is. It's a war movie about this group of individuals who come together out of pure happenstance and leads to this first victory of the Rebel Alliance against the Galactic Empire. 
Oh, yeah. And uh, as you were saying, though, if you haven't seen this, hopefully you weren't listening to us spoil the whole movie for you. Uh, but really, I actually felt I could compare this movie to The Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Each of the major characters are a, are unique individuals, and you will love all of these characters in their own different way. And then, unfortunately, uh, they, they sacrifice themselves uh, for the cause. Uh, and it's 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 done beautifully. They all die heroes. Exactly. Uh, but oh, and it, I, 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 boy, there's some of the characters. The way they went out, I almost wanted to cry there. I was like, oh man, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, oh, they go down so significantly, and they risk everything to to make sure that this mission succeeds. Fantastic. Oh, I gotta see it again. As and do again. I. As do I. But uh, let's jump into some Neverland story time, shall we? Excellent. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star Wars Return of the Jedi. You can also read along with the story in your book. Unless you are already programmed to know when the pages end, you will know it is time to turn the page when you hear this sound. I believe the storyteller is ready, so let us begin. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away... Luke Skywalker had returned home to Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Luke didn't know that the Galactic Empire had secretly begun construction on a new armored space station, even more powerful than the dreaded Death Star. When completed, this ultimate weapon would spell certain doom for the small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. On board the new battle station, in a docking bay, Imperial troops stood nervously as Darth Vader's shuttle landed. The Dark Lord approached the commander. I'm here to put you back on schedule. I tell you, this station will be operational as planned. The Emperor does not share your appraisal of the situation. But he asks the impossible. Then perhaps you can tell him when he arrives. The Emperor is coming here. Uh, We shall double our efforts. I hope so, Commander. The Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. On the desert planet Tatooine, C-3PO and R2-D2 had found the palace of Jabba the Hutt, where the frozen Han Solo was being held captive. As the droids stood before Jabba, R2 projected a message. I am Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight and friend to Captain Solo. I seek an audience with your greatness to bargain for Han Solo's life. With your wisdom, I'm sure that we can work out an arrangement that will enable us to avoid any unpleasant confrontation. Jabba growled his answer. There would be no bargain. Moments later, a mysterious bounty hunter, pulling Chewbacca behind him in chains, approached Jabba's throne. 
Jabba gleefully paid the bounty on the Wookiee, then sent him to the dungeon. That night, while everyone slept, the bounty hunter returned and went directly to Han's carbonite slab. He pressed a few buttons on its side, and Han was free of the carbonite. The bounty hunter was Leia. I've got to get you out of here. A curtain parted, and behind it were Jabba and his gang. Now they were all prisoners. Han and Chewbacca were in the dungeon, and Leia was Jabba's servant. Suddenly, a dark figure appeared before Jabba. I'm taking Captain Solo and his friends. You can either profit by this, or be destroyed. It was Luke. The gangster slammed his fist on a table, causing a trap door to open beneath the young Jedi. He fell into a filthy pit where a monstrous creature stomped toward him. Luke dodged its attacks and finally crushed it under the heavy cell door. Jabba was furious. Jabba then sentenced Luke and Han to die in the pit of Karkun, the nesting place of the terrifying carnivorous sand monster. As Luke walked the plank over the pit, R2-D2 threw his lightsaber to him. The Jedi swung at his captors. Then Han and Lando battled the forces on their skiff while Luke rescued Leia. In a matter of moments, Jabba was dead, and our heroes were taking off in the Millennium Falcon to meet the rest of the Rebel Alliance. Much later, Luke left the group and went off on his own to Dagobah. I have a promise to keep to an old friend. When Luke arrived, he found that Yoda was very ill. No more training do you require. Already know that which you need. You must confront Vader. Then, only then, a Jedi will you be. Master Yoda, is Darth Vader my father? Your father he is. Luke, there is another Skywalker. The old Jedi Master closed his eyes and vanished. As Luke prepared to leave, Ben Kenobi appeared. Obi-Wan, you told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. Yoda spoke of another. The other he spoke of is your twin sister. Leia. Leia's my sister. Bury your feelings deep down, Luke. They do you credit, but they could be made to serve the Emperor. Luke returned to the Rebel fleet and joined his friends in the main briefing room, where the plan of attack was being outlined. One of the admirals announced that the Emperor himself was aboard the new Death Star, overseeing the final stages of the construction. A strike force headed by General Han Solo would go to the moon of Endor to deactivate the energy shield that surrounded the battle station. 
At the same time, a group led by General Lando Calrissian would fly into the Death Star to blow up the main reactor. The strike force landed on the moon of Endor. As they sneaked through its thick forest, they were spotted by a group of stormtroopers on speeder bikes. Luke and Leia jumped onto an available bike and took off. Zooming around the trees, Luke jumped from Leia's bike onto the back of a nearby stormtroopers and pushed him off. Suddenly, more stormtroopers raced up behind them. Luke went one way, Leia another. With a swing of his lightsaber, Luke cut the fins of one stormtrooper's bike and it went spinning into a tree. Luke caught up with Han and found that Leia hadn't returned. They set out to look for her, but were caught in a trap set by the furry Ewoks. When the Ewoks saw C-3PO, they thought he was a god. They escorted him and the others back to their village where Leia was waiting. It was there that C-3PO told the Ewoks of our hero's incredible adventure and their struggle against the Empire. The Ewoks declared our friends honorary members of their tribe and vowed to help in the battle against the Empire. Seconds later, Leia followed Luke outside. Luke, what's wrong? Vader is here, now, on this moon. I have to face him. Why? He's my father. There's more. The Force is strong in my family. My father has it, I have it, and my sister has it. You are my sister. Leia looked at her brother. I know. Somehow I've always known. But why must you confront him? Because there is good in him. I can save him. Luke left and turned himself over to the Empire, where he was met by Darth Vader. The Emperor has been expecting you. I know, Father. So you have accepted the truth. I have accepted that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. Search your feelings, Father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. Lando led his fleet toward the Death Star, while Han, Leia, and the Ewoks approached the energy shield on Endor. At the same time, Luke was brought to the Emperor aboard the battle station. Welcome, young Skywalker. I've been expecting you. Everything that has transpired has done so according to my design. Your friends on Endor are walking into a trap, as is your rebel fleet. Luke looked out the window and saw an entire legion of Imperial Star Destroyers waiting for the rebels. On Endor, the rebels couldn't make a move. Stormtroopers were all over them. Freeze, you rebel scum! Suddenly, the stormtroopers were pelted with rocks and sticks as the Ewoks came out of their hiding places and attacked. The battle for Endor had begun. Meanwhile, Lando and his group came out of hyperspace, only to find the force field was still up 
and that Imperial TIE fighters were there waiting for them. Back aboard the Death Star, the Emperor grinned at the young Jedi. From here, you will witness the destruction of the Alliance and the end of your insignificant rebellion. Luke felt the dark side crawling within him. He controlled it as much as he could, but it was a tough struggle. His lightsaber was within reach. In a flash, it flew to his hand, and he swung at the Emperor. Vader's sword was there, instantly. The Emperor laughed maniacally as Luke's and Vader's swords clashed in a spray of sparks. On Endor, the Ewoks were gaining ground as the battle wore on. Now there were Imperial scout walkers blasting and smashing their way through the forest. But the Ewoks ambushed the machines by tripping them with vines and crushing them with logs. Meanwhile, Han and Leia were trying to enter the bunker. High above, Lando was leading an attack on the Imperial Star Destroyers until Han could get the shield down. But time was running out. He couldn't hold the Empire back for too much longer. Aboard the Death Star, Vader searched for the young Skywalker who had slipped into the shadows. You cannot hide forever, Luke. Give yourself to the dark side. It is the only way to save your friends. Your feelings for them are strong, especially for... Sister. So, you have a twin sister. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. No! Luke went for Darth Vader slashing wildly. He pounded the Dark Lord with his lightsaber, forcing him to the floor. <laughs> the Emperor laughed, and Luke suddenly realized what he had done. He tossed his weapon aside. I'll never turn to the dark side. You failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. So be it, Jedi. The Emperor raised his hands. Bright blue bolts of electricity shot from his fingers and zapped Luke. If you will not be turned, you will be destroyed. More energy struck Luke as he collapsed to the floor. Darth Vader struggled to his feet and stood beside his master. Meanwhile, the rebels and the Ewoks managed to defeat the Imperial troops. They had placed several bombs in the control room, and in a matter of seconds, the entire shield generator had exploded. Aboard the Millennium Falcon, Lando got word that the shield was down, so he restarted his attack run into the Death Star. Dodging the Imperial TIE Fighters, Lando led the Rebels through the superstructure and headed straight for the main reactor. Back in his chamber, the Emperor glared at Luke, twisting in pain on the floor. Now, young Skywalker, you will die. Again, he blasted the Jedi Knight. Vader looked at his doomed son and then at his master. Suddenly, Vader grabbed the Emperor from the back and lifted him over his head. The Emperor's energy bolts were now blasting Vader as he carried his master over to an open pit. 
with one final burst of strength, he hurled his evil ruler over the edge. Then the great warrior fell to the floor. Luke crawled to his father's side and pulled him to safety. They were both too weak to move. Not far away, Lando and his team found the main reactor and fired at its supports. The massive structure began to collapse. Pursued by flames, the rebels headed for their escape route. Inside the battle station, Luke dragged his father to the ramp of a shuttlecraft. Luke, help me take this mask off. Luke then removed his father's breath screen and looked at the man beneath the mask. Now go, my son. Leave me. No, I can't leave you here. I've got to save you. You already have, Luke. You were right about me. Tell your sister you are right. Anakin closed his eyes and was gone. After Luke pulled his father's armor aboard the shuttle, he lifted off from the docking bay. At that same moment, Lando, chased by flames, flew out of the Death Star. They both managed to escape just as the Death Star exploded in a giant fireball. Back at the Ewok village, the rebels celebrated their victory over the Empire, while Luke set a torch to his father's armor. As the smoke rose overhead, X-Wing fighters flew by, setting off fireworks in the sky. Elsewhere in the galaxy, there were similar celebrations going on. Off on his own, Luke saw the ghostly images of Yoda, Ben, and his father smiling gratefully. The Jedi smiled back and rejoined his sister and friends. At last, freedom had been restored to the galaxy. Okay, and one last feature we're going to have. This is about another 24 minutes, so I know this has been a long episode, but this is totally worth it. So you were in Disneyland last weekend and got to see the Christmas Fantasy Parade. You know, again, this is it's it's your classic Disney parade where they show, you know, toys coming to life. It shows toys being made. You get um, the Toy Story characters out there. You see Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger on their sleds. You've got dancing reindeer. You've got Christmas trees. And it's all topped off by the jolly uh, elf himself, Santa Claus, at the very end. You know, it's a fantastic parade. It, you know, is a classic. It's been at Disneyland for several years. And Hey, we love it. And here we go. The Christmas Fantasy live from, well, not really live. It was recorded, but it was live when you recorded it. <laughs> from, exactly. from Disneyland. Five, 
Here it comes. Look. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, it's time to share the magic of the merriest season of all. It's over. Is she sitting right there? Can I use your
I always wanted to build a gingerbread house, but this one's big enough to live in. <laughs> about going
lot so. Christmas 
take care. Have a good day tomorrow. Up top. High five. Come on. I want a high five. I want a high five. Ouch. High five. Come on. Come on. High five. Ouch. Ouch. All right. Oh, no. All right. Ouch. Ouch. All right. Over here. Ready? for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we 